Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast, breaking down politics as we know it and removing all the bullshit. (laughs) Because politics needed a (laughs) rebrand. Back at it again for the last time in 2020. That's wild. Literally, that's like wilder than a spring break. I didn't think we were getting to this point. Apparently, we are. Like, I I literally just... A, I can't comprehend the fact that 2020 could actually be almost over. But I also can't comprehend... I can't say, oh my god, well, it's 2020 anymore. My scapegoat is going to be gone. What am I going to do? The panic is real. I need a new scapegoat. It's really weird to think about this year and everything that has happened. It has been the longest year of all of our lives, and... It's just weird to know that, like, we're just out of it. And technically, it's just, like, a number on the calendar. But there's just something that you feel deep down where you're like, 2020, this is over? That's crazy. You got a little Stockholm Syndrome with 2020 or something. I'm like, what's going to happen when this year is over? I don't know. Here we are, right before New Year's, and it's time. And we wanted to take the time today to just go over everything that happened this year as impossible as that sounds we are going to do a general overview of this year and like break down by month all the kind of like top headlines and all the shit that happened this year which again probably doesn't seem possible but buckle up all i can say is like we acknowledge that this might give us all PTSD. I think like even thinking about this, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe all this shit happened. I know it's been wild. Oh my God. But nevertheless, should we just like dive right into it? Because we got a lot to go over today. I hope you guys are like, do you have snacks? Glass of wine, a coffee? Like, I don't know what time you're listening to this. I guess we can dive in January. Maddie, do you want to like kick it off? Yeah. First, we'll just explain really what we're doing. Like we said, we want to go over like what happened this year. And the reason we want to do this is not to, like, trigger everyone and, like, put everyone through their PTSD, but me and Sam were just talking about how crazy this year has been, obviously, but how we both, like, don't really remember everything that happened. Making this timeline of 2020 was crazy and just, like, remembering all the little things 2020 brought us. We just want to, like, take everyone back just for a moment so that we can reflect and never forget. So, for reflection one... 
January 1st. Let's paint the picture. You may have been celebrating New Year's. You could have been out on the town. I was very hungover January 1st. I usually never have fun on New Year's too. I literally have never had a good New Year's except for I've had maybe two in my whole life. And this this one was actually one of them. The New Year's going into 2020. I posted an Instagram captioned, excited for you 2020. And I just look back on that Instagram all the time. And I'm like, this is funny. But first headline of the year. Whew, here we go. Buckle up. So... January 1st, one of the worst fire seasons in Australian history continues as thousands of people evacuate and millions of acres burn. This was just days after and already the trauma was setting in. So next up, General Soleimani, leader of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps in Iran, was killed by a U.S. airstrike in Iraq. So from Iran, killed in Iraq, yikes. And I think the biggest part of the story was the aftermath of that and how we all thought we were on the brink of a nuclear war. So again, not a great start to 2020, but we, you know, still had our hopes up at this point. Next, January 7th, whoa, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention issues a travel notice for Americans going to Wuhan, China. Why? That's weird. December 31st, 2019, Chinese authorities had reported a cluster of pneumonia cases associated with seafood and poultry in a poultry market in Wuhan. Interesting. I wonder where that takes us. I don't know. I like some foreshadowing, but we won't jump ahead. We'll just, you know, let's let's take it back to Iran because they're still relevant in this conversation. So Iran decided to shoot down a Ukrainian International Airlines flight, specifically 752, shortly after takeoff from Tehran, killing all 176 people on board. Just all of our worst nightmares, like an airplane crash. Okay, 2020. Let's like hope you turn around. Right at this point. On January 8th also had a big headline when Prince Harry and Meghan Markle stepped back from royal duties. Whoa. Crazy. But January 15th, oh, the US House votes to send articles of impeachment, which, you know, under the context of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress against President Trump to the US Senate. So Maddie, do you want to illuminate us on, on that a little bit here? Yeah. So Trump was impeached and the vote for impeachment was actually, it happened in, this, in December of 2019, but the House officially sent the articles of impeachment, so the official impeachment to the Senate, because once Congress just votes on impeachment, the Senate has to approve it as well. But as we know, we have Republican Senate with Mitch McConnell cock blocking everything. Trump was acquitted from those, but we'll talk about that later. Where are we? January 20th. Oh, big day. The first case of a coronavirus infection in the U.S. 35-year-old man turned from China. It's first signs for like seeing of it to our knowledge. So January 20th. Little did we know. All right, January 26th. So depressing. I mean, this this moment was... I'm not even a Kobe Bryant fan, but this rocked me to my core. Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, and seven others died in a helicopter crash in Los Angeles on January 26th. And I didn't believe it. I had to look at, like, multiple news sources to actually believe it. I literally remember where I was, too. People were, like, screaming about it on the streets. Like, I walked out of a Pilates class and people were, like, in hysterics. The mailman was in hysterics. Like, obviously, it's devastating. So understood. But, yeah, wacky. And that's just even before January 30th. So just like four days later. 
No, this is all January. Like, this month was wild. Sam, what's next? Oh, well, the World Health Organization, also known as WHO, declared the coronavirus outbreak a public health emergency. Okay, scary. Little did they know. Little did they know. January 31st. The United Kingdom withdraws from the European Union, making Brexit official. The actual separation will occur December 31st of this year, which again is just another headline in 2020. But we don't want to forget something else that happened on the same day as January 31st, and that is that President Trump banned travel from China, with a few exceptions. Big moment for him. But you guys, that was just January. We have 11 more months to go, so stay tuned. Here we are in February. February 4th was the State of the Union Address, so that is where the president talks to Congress about the State of the Union, the state of the country. And so that was right after the impeachment was passed in the House. And so impeachment overshadows President Trump's State of the Union Address and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, iconic moment, tears up a copy of his speech during the last few seconds. I'll never forget that moment. I'm so happy that happened in 2020. I was thinking about that and I was like, I think that was another year, a different year. Nope, 2020. Honestly, that made that didn't make 2020 worth it, but that, close, close. But February 5th, let's talk about February 5th because it's kind of still in the same category, I suppose. But the Senate acquits President Trump of abusing the power of his office and obstructing Congress's investigation into his conduct. So... Mitch McConnell, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. So mind you, that was 20 days after the Senate received the impeachment articles that the Senate just literally tossed out the window. Just wild times here in 2020. February 23rd, Ahmaud Aubrey, a black man, is shot and killed by a white father and son while jogging in Georgia. The two men are arrested two and a half months later and charged with felony murder and aggravated assault. So again, we see Ahmaud Aubrey's name and what happened to him come up later in the year as we go into the summer, Black Lives Matter, police reform and all these things. He definitely becomes a big face of that movement and we'll definitely touch more on that (laughs) as we go through these headlines, but definitely a big one. Yeah, and honestly, I can't believe that was February. That blows my mind. Like... Wow. Okay. So that sets the stage on another note that's also being set, which is the the COVID stage. So February 29th, first COVID-19 death is reported in the U.S., though earlier deaths to be to be noted here were reported later on. February was much, much calmer month. We didn't have as much happening as the, the months that were before and after February because we're going into March. And as we know, and as we all experienced March was the longest month of our entire lives. March lasted 20 years. So first, March 3rd, Joe Biden takes a commanding lead of the Democratic primary race with sweeping victories in 10 states on Super Tuesday. We didn't get to, you know, talk about presidential primaries much on this show because it was before we, we started this show and we didn't get to really divulge in it, which is actually a really complicated process that... I'm sure we will break down one day, Super Tuesday. That was really what solidified his lead and what ultimately made him our Democratic candidate. Well, not to take us back to COVID, everyone's favorite topic. We're so happy. So Italy, great place, places itself on a nationwide quarantine to slow the spread of coronavirus. 
This, in turn, creates the Dow Jones Industrial Average to plunge more than 2,000 points, which is like unheard of. March 11th few things actually have happened on March 11th. But this is actually the day that was the craziest day of 2020. There's four things we have down here. But the first one is the World Health Organization declares coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. And then all of us are like, what the fuck is a pandemic? And little did we know we'd become experts on the matter. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't see that for myself, to be honest. Like, there's like, I feel like I had a really good SAT vocab situation going on at one point, And like, I, I don't know, pandemic was part of it. I really didn't know what a pandemic was. And if anything, it was because like I watched Contagion like a few years ago and I thought it was like a sci-fi thriller. And it's just like, we are living through this movie. We are living through it. <laughs> I was like, pandemic? That can happen in real life? Maybe like the bubonic plague when they're like in the Renaissance era. Like today, pandemic? Apparently. Apparently. Which was then further proven by actor Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson testing positive for the coronavirus in Australia. So we're like seeing this shit all over the place. Unrelated COVID news was when Harvey Weinstein... Movie mogul Harvey Weinstein is sentenced to 23 years in prison for rape and sexual assault. Yes, we like some justice being served. Not enough. But for something that also sucks, the NBA suspended its season indefinitely over the pandemic. So, okay, there goes like some of our like very quality key entertainment. March 12th, what happens March 12th? I'm just hung up on March 11th because I like just remember so vividly like this was the day. I just remember this day vividly. I don't think I'll ever forget it. Honestly, like when like this major sports start doing things like that, it's like I feel like the sign of death because it's like the amount of money that's involved there is so insane. That, like, that's, like, it's crazy to follow that, like, March 12th, Major League Baseball suspended all spring training indefinitely because of COVID. And then also the same day, the NFL suspended the 2019 to 2020 season indefinitely. NHL and Major League Soccer, too. Like, holy F. NCAA cancels March Madness. So March 11th, March 12th. March 11th was, like, an, a wake-up call, but then March 12th just, like, really hammered it home. <laughs> like, holy shit. And then March 13th, LA Unified School District announces that it will close all its schools. That was also a trend like across the country and major cities of schools closing their doors, which again is another just crazy thing. When you have to take, you know, kids out of school, like that's when you know it's real. Oh, President Trump, right. So March 13th, he finally declared coronavirus a national emergency. And we find out later he knew about it the whole time. So... But March 13th was also a crazy day and a crazy sad day because Breonna Taylor was shot and killed in her home in Louisville, Kentucky by police serving a narcotics warrant in search of a suspected drug dealer. So again, um, one of these big moments that we saw being fuel to our Black Lives Matter movement that ended up happening in the summer. So March 16th, another like econ focused moment which like we know i love so unfortunately i didn't really like love this moment of it but the dow jones industrial average falls again by almost three thousand points which is bloody insane so largest single day point drop ever march 19th governor gavin newsom in california announces extraordinary measures directing all californians to stay at home because of the pandemic but again we see governor gavin newsom governor andrew cuomo and new york and a big 
in these states across the country where we were seeing significant outbreaks shut down. This was crazy because we were already in a point where we were like told to stay at home, but this really made it official. Toilet paper was officially off the shelf. My dad was like getting non-perishable food, ready for like the world to be over kind of vibe. So big day. Again, reminder, like we're still mid-March right now. So (laughs) March 24th. Big, big one when the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo are suspended until 2021. March 26, you guys, we're almost, we're almost there. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson tests positive for the coronavirus. Big one. I think that he was one of the first, you know, big global leaders to get coronavirus. So that, that was crazy. And to note too, he actually got really sick from it and ended up in the hospital. March 27th. This is our last headline for March. Like literally we are still in March. Oh my God. The House and Senate passed a coronavirus relief and stimulus bill that includes expanded unemployment benefits and cash payments to those eligible. So TBT is $1,200. It's like now 600. Sad. So Taylor Swift released more albums than Congress stimulus package during a global pandemic. So keep that in mind. But that's when that happened. So that was like, just think about like you're listening to this episode now and think about how long ago that that other stimulus occurred. Like literally time is an illusion, but like it feels like forever ago. So let's hop into April. Finally, March is over. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, March was insane. April, April 2nd starts us off when the number of coronavirus cases worldwide passes 1 million. More than 6.6 million workers file for unemployment in the U.S. So the very next day, the CDC recommends that everyone consider wearing cloth or fabric face masks in public. April 8th, Bernie Sanders drops out of the presidential race, clearing the way for Biden to win the Democratic nomination. So... Like we said, back in early March, Joe Biden won Super Tuesday, and it was pretty much solidified that he was going to win the nomination, but it took a while. I mean, Bernie kind of waited a month, waited to see what a few other elections did, and then finally dropped out in April, which, again, solidified Joe Biden's pathway to the nomination. April 14th, it's President Trump announcing that he will suspend U.S. funding for the World Health Organization, which, like, Jesus Christ Almighty, it's a pandemic, and you're doing this. So, April 14th, not a great day for us. April 16th, the Trump administration issues guidelines for a phased reopening of schools and businesses for part of the U.S. Remember when he was like, oh, it's going to be gone by Easter. And I was like, okay, sweet. So I can go to Coachella. Nope. April 30th, our last headline of April, armed protesters enter the state capital in Lansing, Michigan to demand an end to the pandemic. So I don't know if you remember like seeing all these big guys with beards walking up to the capital with some AR-15s and assault rifles demanding the end to the lockdown. But I remember a moment I thought maybe the world was ending. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure too that the lawmakers in Michigan remember it quite well, especially the governor who then was threatened with kidnapping and murder later on. But don't worry, we're not there yet not there yet it's fine because we're gonna hop into may my birthday month really the worst story of this whole month happens on my birthday so let's get to it okay well on may 3rd u.s faces invasion of murder hornets never forget the murder hornets because for me that was the moment where i was like all right devil is landed on planet earth and he's ready to just destroy everything i was like all right it's been a nice life so far so here we go Night, night. Honestly, it was a point of comedy, though. still is. Let's not forget what happens on May 8th. 
The U.S. unemployment rate reaches 14.7% with more than 33 million jobless claims filed since mid-March. So insane. Yep. May 15th, the Trump administration announces Operation Warp Speed, a public-private partnership to speed up the development of COVID-19 vaccine. So crazy because now we are seeing, you know, the results of that. But like, leave it to President Trump to choose the name Operation Warp Speed as if we are literally in a Star Wars movie. May 22nd, this is like honestly like as normal as it gets, I really feel like this year, just a little celebrity gossip. So Lori Loughlin and her husband plead guilty in the college admissions scandal. Oh, of course, my birthday, I get to read this one. So May 25th was a really shitty day for the entire year. And this is when... Minneapolis police officer is filmed while pressing his knee on the neck of George Floyd for more than eight minutes, killing him and as three other officers stand by. So the video of Floyd's death went viral. The four officers were fired and we went off that summer to get justice for George Floyd and for police reform everywhere. So this was the real straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to police reform and just like another surge of the Black Lives Matter movement that we so, so much needed. So big day, big day for 2020. May 28th, a state of emergency is declared in Minneapolis um, in St. Paul as protests over the death of George Floyd and racial injustice spread nationwide. The following day on May 29th, fired Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is charged with third degree murder and manslaughter in the killing of George Floyd. May 30th, a state of emergency is declared in Los Angeles County and the city of Los Angeles and like cities across the country due to protests over the death of George Floyd and due to racial injustices. And so, yeah, like curfews are also declared in places like Philadelphia and Atlanta as well. I would just like for the record to be said that I never had a curfew in the first place. So this is interesting to me. June 1st, we're just healing. Every day is a new disaster, right? So anyways... President Trump threatens to deploy U.S. troops to quell protests across the country and subsequently stages a photo op at St. John's Episcopal Church after National Guardsmen, literally National Guardsmen, and riot police forcefully clear peaceful protesters from Lafayette Square in front of the White House. Not cute. Bad look. Bad day. This is another thing you just don't even want to get Maddie started on because I remember this moment vividly watching this literally happen live on the news and never been so angry and genuinely disgusted by a human being in my life so then we go to june 5th where washington dc mayor muriel bowser queen designates a section of 16th street northwest as black lives matter plaza that was just like an amazing moment in the midst of chaos and a few days after trump did that it felt good to just have that little symbolic moment as like an affirmation of like keep up the fight i like loved that moment of this year. So June 8th, protesters in Seattle declare an autonomous zone in the city's Capitol Hill area. What's that festival called? Ultra? Kind of like Woodstock. I feel like the autonomous zone and like some of the images that we got from this summer of all the protests and how far they were taken. Those images are insane, like history book moments. Just look at those pictures in 10 to 20 years. Show your grandkids. That speaks volumes of what this year was if anyone like in the future wants to know also interesting to note that we both thought of like music festivals you said Woodstock and I said Ultra so I'm concerned for me <laughs> I haven't been to Ultra and I like don't want to go so I'm just gonna like go seek some counsel I'm well apparently June 12th 
So protests in Atlanta start after the killing of Richard Brooks by police officer in a parking lot of a fast food restaurant. So like yet again, fuel to this fire and continuous action that's being taken by police units and forces in the wrong direction. That moment was so crazy. We are in the middle of like chaos where, you know, we thought like a civil war and riots on the brink and we get another murder by police of an innocent black man. And it's just like, holy moly. Holy shit, we're still in June. <laughs> so June 20th, this is where I probably should have started liking TikTok more. But basically, President Trump was going to hold his first 2020 campaign rally in months in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was problematic for so many bloody reasons. But it had a lower than expected attendance rate by like thousands and thousands because the great people of TikTok decided to fake that they were buying tickets and were literally like filling out forms being like, oh yeah, I'm going to attend, I'm going to attend. So they planned the event as if X amount of people were going to come and then no one showed up also one of the best pictures of 2020 of Trump walking back from Air Force One after this rally back to the White House with his tie unwrapped and his MAGA hat in his hand and his just like sad sulky face after this rally. <laughs> June 30th, last story we have for June. Following a vote by state legislature, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves signs a bill that retires the official state flag, the uh, last state flag incorporating the Confederate battle flag in its design. So amidst you know all the protests in the summer regarding racial um justice this was kind of a big like symbolic moment of you know the the ask for taking down confederate statues changing flags changing like sports names all these things that should have been done like decades ago so july 2nd the fbi arrests glane maxwell and charges she helped lure at least three girls to be sexually abused by the late finance jeffrey epstein so let's not forget about this little scandal and huge court case just running through the the days and the months of 2020 and also just like never forget like jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself so next <laughs> we have july 8th the supreme court rejects claims of presidential immunity and rules president trump must release his financial records to prosecutors in new york july 14th the Trump administration orders hospitals to bypass the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, and send all COVID-19 patient information to a central database in Washington. Um, excuse me. No thanks. July 22nd, President Trump announces a surge of federal officers into Democratic-run cities following a crackdown on protests in Portland. So, in sad news, July 24th, Regis Philbin dies at 88. So sad. I honestly, I still am shocked that he was 88. I know. He lived a good life. Like, that's a long life. I hope to live to 88. July 30th. Yeah. Just like a fun little ode, like I thought we'd include, is when President Trump suggested the 2020 presidential election be delayed <laughs> because he thought that increased voting by mail could lead to fraud, and he still believes that. So that was funny. Which is just funny for someone that votes by mail. So August, which normally is my favorite month because like the way that May is like Maddie's favorite month for birthdays, August is my birthday month. So like go Leo's, like let's get it. But August 7th through 16th, more than 400,000 people, most without face masks, who don't follow social distancing guidelines, participate in activities related to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in South Dakota. Yikes. August 11th, Joe Biden announces Senator Kamala Harris of California as his vice presidential running mate, the first woman of color to appear on a major party's presidential ticket. Huge, huge moment. So exciting. Epic. 
and like not to like rub it in but I will say, so my birthday again, August 12th, nothing crazy happened on my birthday. Like I actually saw a shooting star on my birthday. Oh Jesus, someone takes Sam like all for throne. This is her only child syndrome. My name is like child of God. That's what like Samantha means, which is hilarious. Oh my God. Okay, what do we have next? Anyways, so August 13th, the day again after my birthday. So plans are announced by the US Postal Service to remove hundreds of high volume mail processing machines from postal facilities across the country. August 16th, thunderstorms trigger hundreds of wildfires in California, prompting evacuations as a record-breaking heat wave taxes the state's power grid. I remember this day vividly. Where I live is not usually very hot. I live by the ocean um, in Northern California. So like, it's usually pretty chilly. It's not hot in the summer there. And even on its hottest day, it will not exceed like 90 degrees. And it was 112 degrees this day. And I remember I was like, okay, like it's hot. I'm going to go on a hike though, because I want to get like a good workout and a good sweat. And I'm not kidding. I went on a hike right where all the wildfire fires started like next day. Like I had never been in heat like that where it's so hot. The temperature itself makes it like so hard to breathe. The air is so heavy. But I remember this day vividly and the months following when I had to literally check air quality to even go outside. So yeah, here we go. Wildfires in California. So August 16th, SCU lightning complex fire starts. So that affects the Bay Area. So where Maddie's at, 400,000 acres burned, which makes it the third largest wildfire in California history. Then the August complex fire starts in Northern California. So by September 9th, it becomes the largest fire in California history. So again, we're record breaking over here, but like not in a good way, not cute. Burning more than 1 million acres. And then same day, August 16th, you got the Death Valley, which I guess, you know, hey, the name is Death Valley. So maybe you should have seen this one coming, but it's 130 degrees. So it's thought to be the highest temperature on earth, on earth, like literally like all countries, all continents, like let's get the whole like thing going here in nearly a century. That's bananas. Yeah, insane, 130 degrees. Yeah, that was all the same day, just insane temperatures across California and just these insane fires. And then the following day, another fire starts. The LNU Lightning Complex starts and lasts for several weeks scorching more than 350,000 acres in several wine country counties, including like Napa, Sonoma, more Northern California areas. So then we'll see kind of these fires burn for weeks and, and months to come. Crazy, absolutely crazy. But then the Democratic National Convention is staged in Milwaukee. So events happen virtually because hashtag COVID. But the Democrats formally chose Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as their nominees for their 2020 presidential ticket. Then on August 21st, the Sacramento County judge sentences Golden State Killer, 74-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. to life without parole for killing 13 people and raping 50 in a series of break-ins that terrorized the state for decades. August 23rd, protests break out in Kenosha, Wisconsin for the shooting of a 29-year-old Jacob Blake by a police officer. So August 24th to 27th, so August 24th to August 27th, the Republican National Convention was held in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Washington, more than one place, you know, two for one deal. President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence are formally nominated as the GOP's 2020 presidential tickets. August 25th, two people are shot and killed during the unrest at Kenosha, Wisconsin. A suspect is arrested and soon after professional athletes start to boycott their sport to protest the shooting of Jacob Blake. So 
if you remember the name Kyle Rittenhouse, he was the one that shot and killed two people at this protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And he is currently, I believe, out on bail and was granted bail, which is crazy. So again, just in the midst of racial injustice and police reform, and we're seeing innocent black men be killed on the streets and then see this young white kid walking around with a big gun, killing people and get arrested peacefully and then allowed bail. So just a nice little symbolic moment to see like the real problem here in this country with regarding everything we fought for this summer. So this next one makes me really sad. This one I was I did not expect at all. No, no clue at all. Well, August 28th, actor Chadwick Boseman died at age 43 following a previously undisclosed battle with colon cancer. Honestly, August was a crazy month. That's a long one, too. January, March, August, wild, wild times. September, September 5th, El Dorado fire erupts in San Bernardino County, another one sparked by pyrotechnics, actually, that were part of a gender reveal party. Can this just be like, can this just be our moment where we're like, chill with the gender reveal parties like chill with them and to the family who started this fire i'm low-key sorry i'm sure the guilt you feel is insane but this should just be a lesson for everyone like chill with the gender reveal parties so we're like still on this topic of fires because like the world is continuing to burn so shouldn't be any surprise that september 6th in california sets a new record for destruction by wildfires with 2.1 million acres burning Eek. But like, oh, we don't stop there because September 7th, Oregon joins in on the fun. Of course, why not? So Oregon wildfires start and severe drought is mostly the reason there. But more than 4,000 homes were destroyed and at least 10 people were killed in the situation. I'm going to skip forward to September 18th when this, this news, when I say I like collapsed to the floor, this was just a moment of 2020 where I was like, fuck my life, like, get me out of this year. It couldn't get worse when long-serving Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies at 87, just two months before the election. And again, we saw what the Republican Party did just literally hours after her death in terms of replacing her. It was just not done in a respectful way, and we'll never forget that. That's definitely one of those ones you, like, put in the closet and think about for later. Now we're in September, so like girl, I don't think if the podcast has started, like, by the way, this is like a good cute plug moment. You guys to like go back in time, listen to all of our episodes if you are just joining us now. Like, we've got we've got tons of content. So go check it out. But September 23rd, oof, President Trump refuses to commit to a peaceful transfer of power if he loses the November election. So this is something that you typically see in like authoritarian regimes or third world countries. Or like a five-year-old when they like lose ping pong. No, but the same day, a Kentucky grand jury brings zero charges against the Louisville police in, in the killing of Breonna Taylor during a drug raid gone wrong. More bad news, more frustrating news of this year. Seriously. And then, it, I mean, it only keeps getting worse because like connecting to the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, President Trump nominates on September 26th, Judge Amy Coney Barrett of the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals to fill her role, to fill that vacancy created by, unfortunately, like I said, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You also like might remember or recognize her from the hit series Handmaid's Tale. September 27th, this, this was some like 
fun news. Frustrating, but like, haha news when the New York Times reports on more than two decades worth of President Trump's personal tax returns. And so, among the revelations, he paid $750 in federal taxes in 2016 and 2017. I paid more than Donald Trump. I'm sure you did. Crazy. Let's get back to these fires because, like, I feel like we didn't talk about them for like, I don't know, like three days here, maybe. So, September 27th. The glass fire in Northern California ignites before 4 a.m. and quickly balloons to 40,000 acres burned in two days. September 29th, shouting insults and misinformation, mostly by President Trump, dominate the first presidential debate. That was freaking insane. I did forget about that. Let me tell you, we should not. Jake Tapper called it a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. Iconic. That is a phrase we will carry with us beyond 2020. Yeah. All right, guys, we are in the last chapter of 2020 here when we enter October. When October 1st, a White House COVID-19 outbreak is announced. President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump test positive. Wild news. Just like such a full circle moment in 2020. But October 2nd, it just gets crazier. So President Trump is rushed to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center for treatment for COVID-19. Just going to take this moment to say that taxpayers pay for this. Then October 2nd, it's kind of like the wrap when um, the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection reports that 4 million acres were burned, 31 people died, and 8,200 structures were destroyed. So October 5th, for the quickest recovery of all time, which questions, questions, questions. President Trump returns to the White House after three days at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. Hmm. Interesting. So just charging ahead to October 8th, where there was some other charging that went on, the FBI announced that 13 men had been charged in a plot to kidnap, literally kidnap, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Now we're just like kidnapping and threatening like our elected officials. Totally normal. October 26th, the Senate confirms Amy Coney Barrett as a Supreme Court Associate Justice on a party line vote of 52 to 48. All right, you guys, November... November 3rd, election day. We made it. And after midnight, President Trump announced he had won the election and demanded that all vote counting stop. But he was alleging voter, voter fraud. But with millions and millions of votes still to be counted, no news organizations declared a presidential winner at that point, and we entered election week. Well, keeping on that theme, November 4th, USBMC, first country in the world to exceed 100,000 daily cases of COVID-19. Same day, President Trump continued his attack on the voting system as he joined several lawsuits aiming to stop the vote count in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan, key battleground states. Fast forward to now, we've really seen how that's turned out. Just into a nice little trash can. November 7th, maybe, no, the best day of 2020, like maybe of my life. After days of waiting, major news organizations finally declared that Joe Biden has secured enough electoral votes to win the presidency. Wow, what a day. Champagne was popping. The good vibes were flying. It was a great day. Until the next day, when Jeopardy host Alex Trebek fortunately died following a battle with pancreatic cancer. So that was devastating for everyone. Then November 9th, Pfizer says early data on its coronavirus vaccine candidate suggests the shots may be 90% effective at preventing disease. 
And then don't forget when this back and forth little petty competitiveness between Pfizer and Moderna started when then November 16th, Moderna announces that its COVID-19 vaccine appears to be 94.5% effective. And then November 18th, Pfizer says new results actually show that their COVID-19 vaccine is 95% effective. But also on November 16th, Hurricane Iota makes landfall. In Nicaragua as a category four storm just two weeks after Hurricane Eta hit, devastating the same areas. So this was really, really sad to see. Again, just like more evidence of climate change and the extreme weather that comes from it. But we made it to December, you guys. Here we go. Last push of 2020. So December 1st, Attorney General William Barr says the U.S. justice system has uncovered no, no, I repeat, no, evidence of widespread voter fraud that could change the outcome of the 2020 election. December 11th, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorizes emergency use of COVID-19 vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech, which huge moment. The very same day, the Supreme Court rejects a highly unusual lawsuit filed by Texas that urged the justices to overturn the election result by nullifying President-elect Joe Biden's victory in four key states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. Not Texas, four others. And then the first COVID-19 vaccine started on December 14th. The first doses were expected to go to frontline workers and residents of long-term care facilities, followed by other at-risk groups. And now we're kind of seeing that continue to happen right now and in coming weeks. And then December 14th, also the Electoral College confirms Joe Biden's victory over President Trump. There's also been some news like since then, but we kind of stopped it at December 14th. We all know the last couple of weeks what has been happening, but there is your 2020 recap. I mean, long, long one, but... I just think it's so interesting to look back. Like, I feel like I'm reading a compelling history book when I go through that. But it's like, that just happened. Like, we just lived through that. That's crazy. That's bananas. I just, like, honestly, like, don't think I can, like, wrap my head around it. All right, guys, quick commercial break. Are you looking to make a statement and make a change as we head into the new year? Check out Social Goods, an online store that offers a curated slate of statement-making merchandise that gives back to nonprofits tackling today's most pressing issues. From the Jed Foundation and Fair Fight Action to Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, She Should Run, and more. Best of all, we partner with Social Goods to offer a special discount for listeners of Girl on the Gut, the podcast. Go to social-goods.com and use the code GIRLONTHEGOV15 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. That's Social Goods, where every transaction comes with real action. Wow, here we are. And hopefully 2021 will be looking up. But we do have a few fun segments we want to go through with everyone. Of course, making fun of people. That's what Sammy and I probably do best. But we got to also touch on the important stuff, which is the reason we're all here, and that is civic engagement and staying politically informed. And we just want to go over some of like the top political lessons and kind of terms that we learned in 2020 and that we maybe never even heard of. So to start, our kind of first, I think, biggest political lesson this year is regarding local and state politics and how much they matter. We've had a few episodes about this, so if you haven't listened, go check them out. But we talk a lot about this, and I think the two kind of biggest moments in 2020 that allowed us to learn this lesson was COVID, obviously. We learned that in a pandemic and just in general, like how our government functions, 
it really functions very much honestly across all issues but we saw it especially highlighted through covid is like your local and state your local county and state governments determine a lot of things of like how your life is ruled and it's important to stay in touch with all of that and be informed on how those dynamics work and the other thing kind of that was a big lesson in this was this summer with racial injustice being at the forefront and police reform we learned how much our mayors really decide and govern our police forces how they're funded and how they're trained and all these things that are so important and that those are times when you need to interact with your local and county and state governments to get you know things passed in your communities and make real change and obviously like Federal government definitely matters, and we saw that a lot this year, too, but I just loved how amidst all the chaos, like 2020 really was able to highlight for us just how important and crucial it is to interact with your local and state government. So key. But like also for like another one, like I know this is more on the federal level, but this was so key this year and continues to be, especially if you are in Georgia, but runoff elections, like this isn't something that we talk a lot about, but has really reared its head this year with what's happening in Georgia really interesting to see that not every state operates the same way. So the results of how many representatives you have as a state in the house might all be the same across the land, but in terms of how they are elected, that is very different. So really interesting for us to dive in here and we recommend diving into our runoff dedicated episode to learn more. But in the meantime, Keep your eye on Georgia and what happens there, and it will determine, the outcome of those two elections will determine who has control over the Senate. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea really what runoff elections were before this year. We have a second second life here to potentially take over um, control of the Senate. So, wow, like cheers to runoff elections. <laughs> like, thank God, another chance to get the full scoop on runoff elections. That is all in our episode dedicated to that i believe it's like episode nine or something the other term just like a fun little term that we learned this year (laughs) is safe harbor day we talk about this in another episode a few weeks ago but safe harbor day i think sam and i both had no clue and i don't i don't know that many people did about what safe harbor day is but apparently there's a day called safe harbor day where i think honestly an overall lesson of this year too is just like the crazy process that is that goes along with electing a new president you know, there's primaries, there's the convention, there's delegates, and then we get to election day and the media then declares a projected winner. And then there's safe harbor day that also like certifies states, all the states votes for the election. And then we get into the electoral college, which we have an episode on. And then we get into Congress ratifying those results and we get to Inauguration Day. I'm sure there's things in between there that I'm missing, but we didn't know that we need that all these steps happen. And we wouldn't have known, honestly, if it weren't for lovely President Trump just like not conceding and not agreeing with the results and just spewing nonsense about voter fraud that doesn't exist. So thanks to President Trump for teaching us all a civics lesson and how a president is elected. Like silver lining. <laughs> Here we go. Seriously, like absolutely silver lining. Another one that I I could count as a 2020 silver lining is the power of the youth vote. So we saw young people turn out in record numbers. I highly recommend listening to our episode with Next Gen. So 
in that conversation we really dive into how important the youth vote is, how important it is to use your voice, and how important it is to show up at the ballot box. But we can also talk about all of the barriers to entry that young voters find and why some of those barriers are designed the way they are. So highly recommend taking yourself down the pathway of Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listening into that episode. It's our second episode and it will give you the full scoop there. But what we will say in terms of just an overall, what is the political lesson? What is the thing that we like took away from this is that the youth vote is more important than ever. And we're here to stay and the people younger than us are also here to stay and they're here to use their voices. So we're excited to see more and more of this, not just in a crazy election like a 2020, but like 2021, guess what? There's elections going on. There's mayoral elections, there's city council elections. So we will need to have this youth vote turn out yet again to make change because like we said in point one, change comes at all forms, including at local and the state level. So let's hear it for the youth vote and let's see where it goes. And I think the other like kind of lesson is just the power of the people in general. We saw incredible movement this summer with police reform, Black Lives Matter and racial injustice and just the bodies in the streets fighting and organizing and fighting for change this summer. And that just, I think, directly funneled into the election, which was amazing to see, which, you know, I was a little worried people were going to like protest and then not vote, but like people turned out and it was incredible. But... Our last kind of fun segment, end of the year, what do we do? Like yearbook's coming out and we got to talk about superlatives. We have some fun ones in store, but Sam, do you want to kick us off on our first 2020 superlative? You know, as a prior editor-in-chief of a yearbook, I feel like this is yet again my moment to shine. We have a superlative expert in the house, you guys. Why do we, why does Sam just like in-house expert on everything? We're so lucky. I'm basically a Renaissance woman. It's fine. So first superlative, this one, our biggest flirt in politics right now. Oh, it is easily Andrew Cuomo, like Cuomo sexual for sure. That man, whether you like him or not on a political level, He's got the player vibes. He's a daddy. He's a zaddy. He's got it all. We actually have some like hot tea on Zaddy Cuomo in one of our episodes with Senator Biagi a couple episodes back. So go check that out if you want to get the inside scoop on what he's really like. Senator Biagi dishes us some tea, like for real. So definitely check that out. But regardless of what she told us about, you know, Governor Cuomo, what we cannot deny is the fact that he must be a flirt like a big one he's a big flirt you know that's just how it goes he knows how to do it maddie who is our class clown andrew yang is our class clown and he is just like his little math pin he's just like silly and he's cute and he's also just an absolute fucking visionary by the way and what do we know about comedians is that they're usually geniuses and so i don't know andrew yang like universal income like these things he's just a visionary and he also just like brings the fun you know he brought the fun to the debate stages and i just love seeing his face and all his witty little remarks literally like hilarious so we'll, we'll take that you know a little class con moment but like cutest couple this one's tough so like maddie who's your favorite couple my actual trophy does indeed go to kamala and doug because we 
I mean, I just need a Doug in my life. Like we've talked about the need for more men to be like Doug, like purse holders, just like supporters, rocks for these like badass women, um, especially in the political sphere. Doug is our first second gentleman and we just love to see it. Like it's so exciting. And he's just, again, a precious gem. And Kamala is incredible and they just make such an incredible little duo. We love to see them. So cute. And like, they just feel like they're so in love. And like, obviously look, like we don't know the ins and outs of their relationship and anything like that. Any like couple that you don't know firsthand, like who, who knows the real story, but from our vantage point, so freaking cute. Absolute couple goals. Love to see it. I, I just like, can I get a Christmas card from them? So next we have most likely to have their own reality show. And if you are on TikTok, I hope you love this one because we chose Kellyanne Conway. And if you're wondering like, wait, who is that again? She's Trump's counselor and her daughter has gone absolutely viral on TikTok this year because she has just been exposing her mom and her dad and just their, you know, kind of corrupt doings with the Trump um, administration and just like exposing the Trump administration as a whole. Honestly, if I were to choose times like people of the year, like I would maybe choose Kellyanne Conway's daughter for just like the heroic work she did this year on TikTok. Honestly, like some of the most hilarious stuff I've ever seen slash just like some good like teenage rebellion, absolutely essential here. And I mean, I think too, it was like really interesting spotlight because her dad was like one of the founding members of the Lincoln Project, which is an anti-Trump organization on the Republican end. And then you have like her mom, Kellyanne Conway, like literally working for Trump, secondhand woman. I mean, regular people can't even keep normalcy or civility at their dinner table when they have their conservative uncle in town. Like, how do you in a family dynamic of three function when like everyone is on a completely different page? Like, Mom's Trump supporter, dad is Republican, anti-Trump, and daughter is full-ass liberal teenager. So it's just like, I would just love to be a fly on the wall in that, in that household, and that's why they need a reality show. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, speaking of reality show type things, we love a good brawl. So one of our favorites, Andrew Cuomo, obviously we knew I was gonna say Andrew Cuomo, and his brother, Chris Cuomo, with their antics during the beginning of the pandemic, absolutely coming at each other in like the most brotherly of fashions, getting at each other, having themselves some fights on Twitter, on his show, during press conferences, everything. And honestly, like I freaking lived for that tea. Yeah. Talk about like some viral TikTok content, but also just like CNN has them to thank for like any like increased ratings because some of their just back and forth were so funny and just very much needed, honestly, amidst just like the really dark news that CNN was pushing out throughout this pandemic. To then have, you know, this little brother, brotherly spew was, was nice to see. But should we just move on to most likely get arrested? Honestly, like, I think so. Look, I wonder if people are on the same page with this one or if there's some other guesses here, but... I mean, most likely to get arrested in 2021 seems pretty obvious to me, and that is President Donald Trump. I, I see him in orange for some reason. Do they allow spray tans in jail? I don't think so. So that'll be interesting, you know, to see his true color. I mean, we see it on his hands every day, just the stark contrast between <laughs> of what his natural skin looks like. I mean, I just, it doesn't make any sense for someone to not concede to an election at this point and just continue to make, like, baseless claims of voter fraud and try and overturn an entire election. Like... 
you got to be desperate. And why do people do desperate things? Usually when they like know they're about to go to jail or they did something wrong. So that's where kind of Sam and I come from on this one. You know, we could be wrong, but 2021 will definitely show us. I think too, just to add as a close, as a closing note here is thinking about like where we're at with pardons and like granted he as a president can't pardon himself, but he can pardon other people. And he has tried to preemptively pardon his own family, so his children, and who are heavily involved in his administration, right? So they haven't even been charged with anything, accused specifically on a legal front of anything yet. So it was a really interesting move to try and preemptively pardon someone that hasn't been accused of anything. I mean, that just pretty much points to guilt. Excited to see what 2021 offers for so many reasons, you guys. I mean, we have vaccines being distributed right now. We have Trump leaving office in January. So right now we have like a good slew of headlines that we'll definitely know will happen in at least January 2021. So hopefully more of those come. But no, it's been a crazy year, you guys. And I think it's also just like a nice signing off note to note like how we started this podcast in 2020 like that's the biggest highlight um 100 we're coming for the charts we're coming for you joe rogan like watch out 2021 is gonna be a big year for us big things are coming and just thank you to everyone who has like listened thus far don't forget to like tell your friends and family about us and we will actually be seeing you guys next wednesday ta-ta 2020popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.